This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Good morning. I'm Maury Blackman. I'm the CEO of Premise. Um, what I love about retail is I'm a consumer. I love to shop. I like to buy products. I like to experience new things. Getting out there and finding new products, particularly as a tech executive, is really exciting for me. I love to touch them, feel them, and experiment. Play with them and just interact in a, in a, retail, in a retail environment. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Retail is Your Business. I'm your host, Mark Rico. Rebecca Fitz is unable to be with us today, I'm sorry to say. Uh, hello, Rebecca. But uh, the good news is we have a fantastic guest. and We're going to have a great episode and a great conversation. So I really appreciate that you're here. Uh, let's welcome Maury Blackman, CEO of Premise Data, although I think it just goes by Premise. Uh, welcome to the show, Maury. Great to have you. Coming all the way from San Francisco, California. Thanks, Mark. Really excited to be here this morning um, and looking forward to having this conversation. You know, I'm, I, I'm a consumer. I love to buy products, mm -hmm. and so I, you know yeah. this show is right up my alley. You know, I want to tell you, I want to start here. Here, and I know this isn't the complete and total summation of what you do, but um, I've been an actual like physical mystery shopper before, and I know how hard it is to collect the data that's necessary f in real time uh, for that to be meaningful for that brand. Uh, and, and, you know, as a human being to be on the lookout and for every piece of data that is valuable and, and still actually have the experience is a challenge. Um, so I'm kind of excited to have this conversation. So I guess what I, I want to start out with is tell me about the genesis of this company. What was the moment in which the idea came and said, you know what we should build and here's why. Not only this should exist, but why we think that this is going to be quite valuable to the industry and therefore successful. Tell me about that moment of uh, of inspiration, moment of clarity, moment of you know just having an idea. Well, I think you know this company was birthed in 2012, and you know I'm I'm the CEO. I, I took the chair here in 2017. I'm not the founder, but I can talk a lot about the founding vision. The founding vision was that, hey, smartphones are going to dominate this industry in the future. How can we take advantage of the capabilities of the smartphone to help collect data that would essentially provide what we would call the ground truth for a wide variety of industries? So, you know, obviously this show is about retail and so mystery shopping and other use cases that we'll talk about in detail. But kind of if you think about at the highest level what Premise is about, we have a global network of contributors that are based in 120 countries. We find these ordinary individuals through social media. They download our app. We run them through training exercises. And then once everything checks out, we get banking information from them, and they can enter into a marketplace where they capture small data collection jobs. You know, you know these data collection jobs could be as simple as Go to, you know, go to your local Safeway market and take a picture of a gallon of milk 
or they could be go to Starbucks and you know buy a cup of coffee and share your experience with us. And one of the really powerful things about smartphones today and what we do here at Premise is we're able to walk people step by step through that in, in, in your example that you just set out. You know, you said, well, mystery shopping can be somewhat complex. But what we're able to do is, you know, through the phone, provide step-by-step -step guidance on what to expect. And, you know, we don't, when we look at these problems, we throw a lot of different people in an experience. So just sticking with your mystery shopping example, which is absolutely fascinating to me. I, I love that because you can have, you know, one of the things that we do when we have our contributors, we understand the demographics. So I'm a 50-year-old man. You know, my experience at Starbucks might be entirely different and my perceptions might be entirely different than a 25-year-old man. And, you know, I think that's very important to suss out in something that technology can help with. So when we are going into a retail outlet, you know, we're able to assess down to a very granular level the experience of different demographics and therefore providing the retailer themselves with the most accurate view of the experience or of the product. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on being the first person, I believe, to use the word sus in more than 1,500 episodes of shows that Mouth Media Network has produced. So uh, I love that word and nobody ever uses it. So first of all, thank you for that. Second of all, uh, I love what you're saying. Maybe it would be great to take a step back and let's break down the actual work that you guys do, uh, the actual offerings that you have. How would you, uh, what's your elevator pitch uh, for premise data? Um, help us understand what you do. Yeah. So what, you know, I, I gave you a, I gave you a part of it when I was talking about sure. the, the network right. itself, but the most important thing that we provide to a, um, to to a, to a brand manager, a retailer, a policymaker, you know, whomever it is, is we provide them with data about measurement. So you want to measure a campaign. You want to measure your product effectiveness. You want to measure the experience in an outlet. What we do is provide you with that data so that you can make decisions about, you know, what's next. Um, one of the things, one of the kind of little words that, uh, you know, we use around here, you know, we use a lot of catchphrases like um, data for every decision. And we say we give our um, we give our decision makers, quote unquote, decision advantage. And that's that's really the core of what we're doing is, you know, so many times in business, you know, I've been frustrated in, you know, over the past five years where people say we want to make data driven decisions. And that's what really excited me about Premise is that when I saw this platform, it's like we can actually provide data to a wide variety of decision makers that give them, give them that ability to make informed decisions. I don't know. What would, you, what would you call the people that are physically using the platform? Are they uh, users, clients, uh, partners? What, what do you refer to them as? Yeah. So there's, you know, we're a two-sided marketplace. So on the one side, we have contributors. So these are the individuals who are going out and collecting data. And then on the other side, we have our clients. And our clients are the ones who are putting uh, these small data collection jobs into the marketplace itself. Is, does this function similarly to 
uh, the, the typical mystery shopper uh, type of job where basically there will be an opportunity. You reach out to one of those contributors or whoever does that and says, we, we have this opportunity to do this brand. Here are the instructions. Do you want the job? And the person says yes. And then they accept it and they execute it and then give you that feedback. Or uh, is, you know, are these, are these, are these employees? How does this work? Yeah. So think Uber. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever really peeled back and thought about how Uber works, but when you hail an Uber, um, on the other end, an Uber driver sees um, sees riders, and they reserve them, they pick them up, and and go grab you and, and take you wherever you want to go. So premise is functions the same way. So retailers post these data collection jobs in the marketplace. And then on a daily basis, our contributors are checking the marketplace for small jobs they might want to reserve. You know, on you know certain days and certain weeks, people may be busy. They may not do any jobs. You know, some people are active every single day. And so it's really the users themselves that get presented, get presented with tasks in the marketplace. They grab them, reserve them, and fulfill them. How do you vet these people? Great question. Great question, Mark. Um, so what we do is the minute people download our app, we run them, you know, when I said we run them through training exercises, these very basic, like, how's the weather today? You know, what do you think about the, the forecast moving forward? And as they're answering these very basic questions, we're scoring and evaluating them. As, as we move them down the line, as they start doing more and more tasks, we're scoring them and we're presenting with more complex tasks. Mainly, we're educating them along the way on how, you know, how to perform these small little data collection jobs so that they become you know, very proficient and successful. I think the one thing that I would say is that anybody can use Premise. You know, it's, it's really you know, through, the, through the platform itself, I think one of the things that we do a really good job of is educating our contributors on how to how to perform this work and what we expect from them. Do do you find that the use of uh, these contributors uh, actually generates new business for these brands, or is it such such an insignificant numbers of people that it's not a meaningful difference in their business? Well, I, I yeah, sorry, insignificant numbers of people is what I meant to say. Well, I think that, you know, what, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, methodology around survey. So if I understand the question properly, it's like, well, what, you know, how do you, how do you throw enough people at, you know, these retail outlets to really make a meaningful difference? And, you know, so there, there's a lot of methodology and statistics around, you know, how many people you need to put on a location. What I find and I'm amazed by is the number of people from different demographics that we can throw in. And, and I'm going to use, a, use a, a generic word, asset. So a Starbucks could be an asset. A, a hospital could be an asset. So when you throw people, on a large number of people at these assets, what we're able to do is we're able to capture some very meaningful information that from a statistical point of view will give you the most accurate picture of what it is you're trying to understand. Because essentially, we're bringing all this data in, and through technology, AI, machine learning, you know, all those fancy buzzwords, 
we're conflating the data and presenting that back to the to the decision maker. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, how this has been particularly important during our period of the pandemic. Uh, this has how how old is the company, Maury? Yeah, so we were founded in 2012. We spent okay. I'd say probably three years building product. Um, we spent another two years or so testing different methodologies, and we really hit hit the market three years ago in 2017. So how how has the pandemic been either a challenge or an opportunity for the company? Yeah, it's it's been an amazing opportunity for us because given our global reach and the requirement that retailers have on you know understanding product placement, understanding inventory, understanding velocity, understanding pricing, um, they they didn't have their traditional means to get to those locations. Um, you know, so one of the things that I, you know, one of the points I made very early on in the pandemic is the world is switched off, premises switched on. And so we're able to capture this information in, in such a high fidelity, um, accurate way globally. It's been very compelling to a large number of retailers that we work with. And, and, uh, and how has the process of what your contributors do changed now that they've had to deal more with e-commerce than physical retail? What is, how has their tasks changed? Well, great question. Um, we're still able to, you know, is from an online retailer perspective, we're still able to capture data on the experience of online shopping, essentially through the phone. So through screenshots and other items, I can tell you that most retailers that we worked with during this, during the pandemic are extremely interested in the shopping experience and the movement of their products in the stores themselves. The traditional means that they have at their disposal to collect, you know, I, I think one thing that one thing that we're all a victim of, and I know in the, the pandemic has definitely taught me this is that we have our daily routines we go through. We have our business partners that we normally use. What the pandemic has done is it's made us look outside the box. And that's where premise has really benefited from is because normally in the selling process, you know, we have to, you know, we have to convince the, you know, we have to convince our audience that, yeah, this is new. Um, yes, it isn't what you, what's been going on for the past 50 years, but, it's very exciting and cutting edge. And since we're the only game in town, you should give it a shot. So let me uh, piggyback on the question I asked. How, um, how do you think about from a data point? So when I go into a store, a physical store, uh, I'm in their environment. The things in my life, with the exception of whatever may be distracting me mentally, otherwise things outside the store don't really impact me at all except events in the world that may be going on in that moment that no one can control that affect my thinking and attitude and patience and my perception of things Um, but mostly i'm completely at the mercy of whatever the actual in-store experience happens to be but when i'm doing things from an e-commerce standpoint I may have other stimuli affecting me. 
Uh, if I'm doing it in my own home, I may have other things happening in my home. I could be affected by my Wi-Fi connection. I could be distracted, um, et cetera, et cetera. How do you account for this in the data set, knowing that there are those other variances? Well, you know, we're able, to, you know, as I mentioned, um, we're able to conflate data at a very large scale. So when you're asking people about a, a product or you're at, whether it's about the pricing, the placement, their experience, you know, we're not just asking, you know, one or two people, we're asking thousands of people And that inflation process essentially averages it out over time. So any distractions that you and I may be experiencing in, in our environment gets averaged out over, you know, the thousands of people who are participating how big a brand uh, or how many stores or what size does a business need to be for this to be something that is both valuable and frankly, given whatever the fees are to conduct this, uh, you know, something that makes sense for that business to take on. What, what are your typical clients look like? Well, I, I think, a, a you know, a better way to answer that is, you know, what, you know, where do we think the left and right boundaries are for, for our client base? And, and I would tell you that, you know, we're very excited about being able to serve a boutique customer who has a boutique store and wants to understand the experience. And, you know, the pricing for this is extremely reasonable, you know, from the standpoint that would, you know, just like, you know, my Uber example, you know, Uber takes a cut of the ride. So essentially we're taking a cut of what the contributor is being paid. So the, the cost that you would typically pay for a mystery shopping type uh, situation would somewhere between eight and $15. And so we're, we're taking a percentage of that. So if you think about it, if you're a small retailer and you want to have a hundred people survey your, uh, your store, you know, that's less than a thousand bucks. So that's a pretty good deal. Now, most of our clients today um, are Fortune 500 companies, you know, big, big global brands who want to be able to reach out and touch their, um, you know, touch their customers in, you know, 120, 150 different countries. The vision long term is to be able to support, you know, the smaller boutique stores, the, you know, these restaurants that you know or maybe have one or two three one two three locations in a city have you taken a look at story dot yet every brand and every product has a story to tell and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. There's the cost of the merchandise or service that's physically purchased. 
and then there's a payment for you guys, and then there's a payment, which I guess is contained in the payment to you guys, that you pay your contributor. Whatever they they buy, um, I'm assuming, you know, because your contributor gets reimbursed for that cost, that's coming from somewhere, either from built, you know, built into your price structure or or the the business itself is contributing that merchandise towards their own research. So how does that connect to that that cost? Yeah, so it's it's built into the cost of the task itself or the or the payment for the task. So if you're going to, you know, we talked about Starbucks pretty early in the conversation. If yeah. if you're going to send someone into Starbucks to buy, you know, a latte, well we know how much the latte is, so we just plug right. that in into the task and then the time it's going to take and then so the contributor in you know maybe would get twenty dollars for that specific task which is you know I, I think what's so powerful about this mark is that you know the amount of data and information and insights that can be gained from you know what is a relatively small investment um is you know really astounding to most people we when we meet with our when we meet with our clients and we show them the capability, you know, they immediately light up of because course. of the fidelity and, and the speed and the accuracy of the data that they're receiving. You know, it's got to be, this, as you mentioned, you could have a single boutique or three, three locations or something, but I would think that this is just so obviously valuable for a business that has a large number of locations and you really have to be able to measure the consistency of service and experience, uh, as well as you know the the actual uh, execution of the sales, um, and and are they receiving the product or service that they're supposed to be um, over a wide range? It just becomes impossible to to get a real measurement on. I mean, especially even if you have your employees going around or your managers going around, you know, you always put on your best show when management is around. So. Uh, you know, this is a great way to, to, to go behind the scenes when the guard is down. You know, you mentioned earlier, if I heard you correctly, uh, obviously this is a show about retail, but, uh, there are other applications for this outside of retail too. Like you, I think you mentioned policymakers. Um, what, what does that mean? Are you talking about politics? Well, policy, you know, policymakers who might want to, you know, they want to measure the effectiveness. Like, you know, for example, right now, you know, one of the hottest topics that everyone's talking about is vaccine hesitancy, correct? Right. And so, you know, Primus has the capability to help policymakers understand, you know, why different demographics have concerns about um, vaccine hesitancy. And so if you take that use case and apply it to the retail world, you can see how extremely valuable that could be to a decision maker. You know, when you, you were, were talking just briefly about, you know, working with large companies that have lots of, lots of outlets. I think, you know, one of the use cases that I can share with you and your audience is that we have a, a client that has 500,000 locations globally. So imagine having to monitor and evaluate 500,000 locations around the world and understanding if they're following the COVID protocols that have been set forth. Um, oh, fascinating. Themselves. Yes. So, you know, we're able to do these things at scale in a very economic, um, very economic way. 
so that they can actually afford it and then present leadership, their board of directors, whomever with this is how we're doing. You know, that, that makes that's something I hadn't really thought of because my mind was centered on the execution of the daily normal retail process. But when you have major initiatives that come out, like a sustainability initiative within a brand or, or you know, um, safety protocols or like you were talking about and so forth, <clears throat> um, when you have a large number of locations, it's just human reality that you're not going to get an even execution of that. And you really have to figure out, you know, where your weak spots are that can be either due to regional management, you know, or, or, um, perhaps, um, the, the sort of social personality of a certain region and the way that people tend to think about things, uh, and, and how you can correct that if you're finding, geez, really interesting in the South overall, the feedback we got in our stores, you know, through uh, premise was that uh, there was a failing, whereas in the north we typically had a success. That that's massive data for us, and where you know it's so such a, a line in the sand uh, that you probably wouldn't have been able to get any other way. Really well, interesting. J- just imagine this part, Mark, is that you know one of the things through technology what we're able to do is a you know a brand manager, a retailer, whomever who wanted to measure something in 500,000 locations globally with premise and with this technology, you can do that over a weekend. I mean, literally you can create the, you can put it out and you've got the data back by Monday. So your CEO says, Hey, I want to understand X, Y, and Z. And you show up on Monday with the results, you know, a nice pretty dashboard, that says, here's, here's the answers to the five questions you asked me on Friday. That's power. And that's, you know, that's the type of thing that gets me excited as a technologist is, you know, one of the things that I love about technology, you know, I, we didn't really get into, you know, my background much, but I, my dad was a scientist at NASA and I fell in love with technology at an early age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've reflected on that quite a bit, you know, over the past, you know, I'm, 53 years old, I let that cat out of the bag earlier, over the past 50 years is that, you know, I love, you know, to me, technology is magical. It delights people. And and I love that, you know, I guess on the other side, it could be super frustrating. But, you know, my spin on it is I love to see people delighted by things that they didn't expect. And so it's almost magical. And, and that's that's one of the things I love about premise and I love about my job is I love to delight our customers with things that they didn't expect to be possible. Well, that's what I was just going to say. For, for many businesses, they probably have envisioned that getting the kind of insights that you're in a position to offer may have seemed implausible for them or they never imagined it's possible and you truly opened up a world to them. You know, you have what, what is it, two and a half uh, million uh, contributors, if I remember Correct. correctly? Right. I mean, that's a large number of people. How have you been able to recruit? I mean, I know it's been around, the company's been around for nine years, but how have you been able to recruit such a large number of people who, by the way, I think this is such an interesting point uh, as a side note, that you're you're now able to pay them in Bitcoin. <laughs> right. That's well, fascinating. Yeah. No, I, that's, I, like I said, Mark, I love this company. I mean, I, I every day it's something new. We actually didn't start recruiting contributors until late 2018. And the outlets that we use is, is social media. 
So we're advertising on Facebook, we're advertising on Instagram, we're advertising through Google ads. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing, um, you know, today that I'm really excited about is we're actually experiencing with the creator economy and using influencers um, through TikTok and YouTube and other means to essentially promote our products. And, you know, you, you brought up the Bitcoin and crypto angle, which, you know, I think is just really an awesome story. 20% of our payments that we made in 2020 were through Bitcoin. And wow. Yeah, it was it, Bitcoin specifically, not even just cryptocurrency in general, specifically. Well, Bitcoin. Yeah, was, yeah. So, we pay, well, I think the thing about Bitcoin is that people generally understand what it is. And so they're yeah. comfortable with Bitcoin. There's obviously other. Yeah, that's fine. Payments, but so we paid out a million in Bitcoin last year, which I, you know, I don't know any company that's paying for service um, with with crypto like we are. I mean, I'm sure there's that's, some people out there wow. doing it, but. You know, with the with the crypto world and Bitcoin is generally traded. It's seen as a store of value and people get excited about when is this going to become a medium of exchange. And I feel like that premise is showing that it's possible, you know, as a as technologist, as a technology company. You know, one of the things that we're always focused on is, um, you know, how to make our products better. And so the more customers we get. The more experiences we have, the more use cases we get under our belt, the better the technology gets. And, you know, I'm, you know, just continually excited and amazed by the variety of use cases that get thrown at premise on a day to day basis. And I feel, you know, when, you know, we started out the show by asking, you know, what, you know, or I was saying what I love about retail. And, you know, I really, I, I really get excited about, you know, streamlining that whether it's the online retail experience or the in-person retail experience, streamlining it and getting the retailers themselves, you know, better information about how to make their products better, how they're received, where they should put them on the shelves, you know, all the information they need to be successful. And that, that just really, you know, is, is a, is a technologist and as a consumer, you know, those things just really get me excited. Gotcha. Very good. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, uh, a little less about uh, premise, and uh, we'll be talking all about Mori right after this. All right. Culture starts at the top, and great customer experience. The only competitive strategy in today's world is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova, and this is The One Thing. The One Thing, Customer Experience from the Top, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found. All right, Maury, it's the part of the show where we get personal with you, look at you uh, as a human being, and uh, with a couple of personal questions, and I've got, I've got one just uh, on the tip of my tongue here. Uh, I want to know your earliest memory 
that you can think of of being surprised and delighted by some interaction with a business, even as into childhood. This uh, I, I haven't done this in a while, but one of the things that I used to love to do is go to the store. You know, back you know back when I was a kid, it, it was a lot of going to Sears Roebuck and Montgomery yeah. Ward. You know, those old stores, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard of, but I would immediately run to the AV section because I would want to play with all the stereo equipment and TVs because you know I was just. You know, again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a technologist, even as a kid. And so I was blown away and delighted by, you know, all the different ways that T, you know, kind of this melding back then of TVs and stereos is a technology platform. Yeah. You know, I can remember at, at the earliest age, you know, being, you know, just captivated by, you know, my experiences at Montgomery Wards in the AV section. Yeah. And you know, one of the great things about, you know, that part of it was my parents always knew where to find me. You know, I think one of the <laughs> things we, one of the things we're always terrified is losing our kids in the store. Oh yeah. Well, that was never a problem for, for my parents because they knew exactly where to go. <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, one other, one other time was, um, you know, God, we're, we're really dating ourselves here. But the first time I saw, you know, I was, I can't remember if it was Sears or Montgomery Wards and I picked up an actual remote and you could, use it to change the channel. Wow. You know, oh, I know. I mean, this is like incredible stuff. This is Star I, Trek. I know. Back then, of course, the remote controls were the size of a wheelbarrow, but still. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the ultimate thing now. We can, you know, sit in the recliner chair and, you know, change the channel. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Well, we're not, we're not that far away from just thinking about it and then the channel will change so uh i totally can imagine uh my second question for you is um i wanted to know if someone were really curious about maury blackman and wanted to google you what would they n probably not find through an extensive google search about you but if they knew it it would be really revealing as to who you are maybe a hobby that you have or some interesting fact about you you know i i think that i i i still you know every once in a while i google myself to kind of see what's out there but you know one thing what <laughs> <laughs> one one thing that's um you know been a very important part of my life um since i moved to san francisco is uh, triathlons and really wow yeah. So it, it was, uh, you know, really kind of a, a crazy moment. Um, my, uh, my son was born and, um, you know, my, you know, I'm kind of surveying the room and, you know, I, I, I looked at this new baby and I looked at my wife and my wife looked, wow, she's, uh, you know, looks great. And I looked at myself and I'm like, God, I put on an extra 30 pounds during this pregnancy. <laughs> so, you oh know, my. one of the things that, you know, I, I was uh, at the, you know, getting a cup of coffee in the morning at the company I was working at. And uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the guys I was chatting with said, yeah, I just swam from Alcatraz this morning. I was like, what? How do you swim from Alcatraz? <laughs> and he said, no, no. He said, Any, anybody can do it. Why don't you do it with me? I'm like, well, I haven't swam since I was in like the eighth grade. Um, but yeah, why not? You know, I need to lose some weight. Let's Let's get it going. And so, you know, long story short... Three months later, 
I was, you know, jumping off a Zodiac into the water right there at the shore of Alcatraz and swam across. And it was, it was such a great experience for me. And so I kind of took it, you know, I kind of took that experience and, you know, started running more and cycling more. And, you know, next thing I knew I was doing a very basic um, triathlon. And the next thing I knew I was doing the Ironman World Championship in, in Hawaii. And Boy, uh, that's wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah, no, I, I, it was, you know, it's, it was really important part of my life. And I think that from a business perspective, what I found is that, and this is just for me, I think everybody has their different way of meditating and inspiring themselves. And, you yeah. know, I go on these long workouts, people are like, well, don't you get bored? I'm like, no, I don't get bored. I'm in my thoughts. I'm thinking I'm being creative. Um, you know, some of the best ideas I've, I've come up with have been on a five or six hour bike ride when it's just me in my own head. And, you know, I just, you know, everybody needs to have something to where they can just get, you know, get some relief from, you know, the day-to-day fights, whether it's, you know, it's dealing with family issues, dealing with work issues or whatever. It's, you know, find a place to put yourself, you know, where you can just have quiet and, and think and, you know, realize what's important in life. Very, very interesting. Well, I admire, I admire what you've done with that. Uh, so Maury, how can people connect with uh, either you directly or certainly with, with premise data, uh, if they want to make a connection or learn more? Well, uh, you know, anybody who's, uh, you know, in the audience that wants to reach out to me directly, I'd love to hear from people. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a tech CEO, but I feel like I'm, you know, very approachable and, and, uh, you know, marketing oriented. So just reach out to me directly. It's Maury, M-A-U-R-Y at premise.com. If anybody wants to hit me up on LinkedIn, you know, pretty easy to find, you know, one of the, one of the advantages I have is there aren't a lot of Maury's out there. Um, you know, there's well, more. Ironically, Pogan. very interestingly. Yeah, Maury think Pogan, there would be more. There, there's a few of them. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, makes me unique. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Maury Blackman, the CEO of Premise. Uh, thank you so much. It was a really interesting conversation and, uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to kind of, now that we've had this conversation, I I'm sort of interested in exploring more. And I, and I also want to see if I can get my wife connected as a contributor with you guys. Cause I think she's exactly what she should be doing. Um, thank you, Mark, love it. Thank you. All right, Maury, great to meet you. Uh, and best of luck. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Retail Is Your Business. Uh, we really, really appreciate you sticking with us to the end. We'll see you next week for another great episode and another great guest. Until then, I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Audio for business.